Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Inspire Before We Expire show. I am your host, Terrell Sumter. Guys, I am grateful, and this is my second interview for the day. Yes, yes, yes. Happy Labor Day to all out there. I just want you all to take some time. I hope you've been having a productive and positive day, having a great summer. And I just want you to take some time to really close your eyes. And I want you guys to think about the good that's been going on in your life and think about all that you've been through as well. That's kind of been like upside down, but learning and to know that you will be able to get through those challenging times in your life because it's only temporary. The pain is never permanent and we can. And guys, I have a very special guest on my show today. Uh, Australian proud native I mean a creative individual um, you name it from advertising to creating content all around the world to visuals to meeting the big people um, biggest influencers and connecting with the biggest influencers across the world I mean guys I really want you guys to hear this gentleman out Um, I got to connect with him via social media and the conversation was positive you know from then and now he's on the show so um, I'm so glad to really, really welcome um, a good gentleman, um, somebody you're going to really learn from and really receive a full, full message from um, my guy, Mr. Daniel Baldock. Dan, welcome, Super good brother. strong intro, mate. Made me sound better than I actually am. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Dan, welcome to the Inspire Before You Expire, man. I'm so glad you took some time to be here with us today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Dan, let's get to it, man. If you can just give us a backstory of you, man, where you grew up and everything else in that flow. Yeah, sure. So I grew up in Australia, in Sydney, uh, in, a, in a, a town called Manly, uh, which, is, which is a bit of a beach vibe, but about 15, 20 minutes from the city. So you're not too far out of civilization. So I, um, I started there and, and it was, it was a, a pretty challenging early days of um, severe learning difficulties. Um, which is something that sort of hindered my early progression. Um, so had some real issues there. I had a speech impediment, uh, which made sort of the early days of, of um, school pretty challenging. Uh, and, then, and then chose to channel that energy into sport, essentially, like everyone else does who has issues with, with the learning side. Um, so, yeah, so we'll touch more on, on the learning difficulties in a, in a second. Cause it's, um, it's a big, big part of who I am and I'm super proud to, to have them. And I think it's actually like a superpower. So, so I think, um, I think it's worth touching on that in the future, this, this conversation, but basically I was, I was in Australia for a, a long time. I knew that I couldn't go to university cause I didn't have the capacity to, um, I didn't have the ability to learn that way. So I, I made decisions to, to focus on the social side and focus, focus on the ability to network and communicate and, and, um, and focus on that. And I was, I was blessed with a, with a father and mother who were like super supportive through that process and, and sort of allowed me to, to, to trust my gut on, on that. Um, and then it sort of took me to, through high school. I sort of channeled my energy into sport, channeled my energy in the social side, didn't really pay much attention to anything school-related until I got, got out and um, was lucky enough to get an internship uh, that changed my life. Um, I got an internship at an ad agency straight out of high school, literally three days after I left my last exam, straight into an internship. Um, and I realized that people didn't give a shit about my marks. People didn't care. No one cared. It was a clean slate. I could start fresh. And um, it was a really powerful moment when I realized that I could sort of use my creativity and use my um, intellect without the, the tarnished brush of being the kid in class who can't read. 
you know, it allowed me to channel my energy in a, in a different direction. So I was in an ad agency that was incredible. Uh, they gave me all the opportunities in the world. They helped me grow. I had bosses who didn't care. They didn't care about any of my past. They just let me do what I do what I did well. Since I came from sport, I was good in teams and it allowed me to sort of navigate my way through, through the early stages of my career. And it was only about three months into my internship that I... Um, I, I got sort of promoted, so to speak, into a strategy role. And then by the time I left that agency, uh, four years later, I was strategy director. So I was a, a 22-year-old strategy director who was pitching on some of the biggest clients in the world, from Commonwealth Bank to Mercedes to Nike, Adidas, everyone. Just really super lucky to, to be sort of in those positions. And um, to touch back on the learning difficulties, the reason why I could do that and make those accelerations so fast is because I had a thing that made me different. I, was, I couldn't run workshops and write on the board because I couldn't spell anything. I couldn't do the things everyone else was doing. So it forced me to do things differently. It forced me to change you know, my perspective on, on reality and it forced other people around me to think about how they live their life and are they doing things the right way. And it forced everyone in the business to change their perspective on how we work. Mm. And it allowed us to be an agency that went from 20 people through to about 100 really quick because um, it's, it's infectious. When people start getting that buzz and that vibe and that energy of, of different, and it's, it just takes over. And, and it was sort of my first experience of how important culture is, how important fostering creativity is, how mm. important it is to let people let their freak flag fly and just... Um, just just embrace the embrace the grind of being a different individual walking the earth and being super lucky to be breathing so it's like a it's that was definitely sort of where that that first sort of lesson came from and sort of been the foundation of everything else i've sort of managed to build so absolutely thank you so much for sharing that man what was it like going through that process of knowing that at first you you know you you struggle with some things as far as learning and education and how did you overcome that hump yeah, it was um, overcame it by not having a choice. Like it was um, like I literally said a bit more depth about it. I had a non-specific uh, learning difficulty. Uh, I was diagnosed with autism, which ended up not being autism, but it meant I was I was um, you know tarnished with that brush. Like tarnished with like it's one thing to have a learning disability, and it's another thing to have like a disability. Right, like, like a real thing that people go, oh god! Like most people that do that have their mum look after them for the rest of their life. Mm. You know, like, like so once you're tarnished with that brush, like unfolding the layers of how people identify you and how people sort of judge you and perceive you right. uh, is is a skill. Mm. Um, and it was something that I was blessed to have a dad who was a badass mm-hmm. uh, who really was like, you know, get up, move do something, be something, create something. Like don't let the label define who you are. And, and I was lucky because he, he said to me early, like he said, you're not going to do school very well. Mm. You're not going to be an accountant. You're not going to be a doctor. You're not going to be a lawyer. These are all the things that you're not going to be. Understand that, be okay with that, be at peace with that, do what you got to do to, to process that and then just move on. Like, like just keep going and, and find out what you are going to be and just run life as a process of elimination and cull the things that you're not good at. Try everything, but try and do everything and then just cross things off the list. Go, that's not it, that's not it, that's not it. And like embrace the ability to learn new things, unlearn and then relearn. Mm. And 
as soon as you own that, he's like, you'll figure out what it is and you'll be able to sort of keep grinding. So to be honest, it was just having a really strong support base um, and, and sort of not, not, letting, not letting things, you know, define me too early. Mm, I love that. I love that you said that, you know, just not letting things define you. And what I love as well about this platform and this space is that, you know, we always have, it's not, if it's not already in our life along that journey, as we continue to push forward, we run into that right person, the one or two that can really help us see life more bigger than what we really see it as and see something much more in ourselves. And for you at a young age, it was your father, correct? Yeah. Who was yeah. helping you open your mind because when we young, we don't, we don't want to listen, right? We like, we let it go one or the other, but then we start to learn along that journey that this is something that they're talking about. Now we're preaching the same thing that they was given. So, yeah. um, like, Having that support system, because you know some, like many of our people that's listening right now don't really have that, you know, in their life. Like, what is something like, also like, you, something your father really planted inside to, like, in you um, to really help, like, you continue to just continue to keep pushing forward and being a driven gentleman you are today? I think, um, I think it was really the label thing for me. The label thing really helped me throughout my whole life because you know i i think it's really difficult for people to to do to like if you're normal and when i'm saying normal i I, like everyone's different everyone has different chemical makeup everyone is different but when i say normal there's like this flow that that people go through through life not intentionally but they just like drift if you don't have anything that allows people to look at you differently, that's yeah. why I look at having a learning disability and having a speech impediment, having all these things early on right. as, as an advantage because I was confronted really early with the reality that I can't do everything everyone else can do. Mm-hmm. If you're not confronted with that early, you might drift for longer than you might like. Mm-hmm. And then you hit that harsh reality when you're 33 mm-hmm. and you've got a mortgage and potentially two kids. And you're like, well, crap. Like, how do I unfold all of the years of ingrained teaching and learning Mm. to then relearn something new? Like, so I was lucky before I'd even started my career, I was punched in the face. Mm. And I was like, well, shit, here we go. Like, like what, like now I've got to figure, I've got to find a way around this. I've got to find a creative solution. I've got to like develop a new way of thinking and, and, move forward so i think the layers thing for me is like is really powerful because Mm. when you realize and understand that the way people perceive you today can change if you want to change it Mm. or it's a it's just a matter of time it's like the longer it takes you to build that reputation Mm. you've also got to like it's you've got to mentally prepare yourself to unravel it and i think the reason why i've been able to run so many businesses and do so many things is because I'm able and capable and willing to unravel and relearn. Mm. Like it's the, I think in today's world, one of the biggest things you can learn how to do is learn a skill, unlearn it and relearn something else. It's the biggest skill Mm. because in a generation of people that are going to run through six or seven career paths, if you can't do that, you're going to be stuck as an intern at an advertising agency and you're never going to really get out of that headspace because mm. you, you, you haven't gone through that. You haven't learned how to unlearn. 
So you keep carrying this burden of this previous career through all the other stages of your life, but you never evolved from here because you never really unlearned. You never really allowed yourself to disconnect from that mm. and something else. And that problem is why people now who have spent their whole career in TV are unable of understanding the world has moved on because they can't unlearn and then relearn. They don't, they don't have it in them. They don't allow themselves to. So it's, if, you can, if you can realize that young and early, it's a, it's a, god, it's a godsend. <laughs> it gives you the opportunity to, re, to like re, review the rest of your life as the opportunity and that it should be. So I think, I think if you can unlearn and relearn, it's a powerful tool. Absolutely. I love that. People that's listening right now, unlearn and relearn. Take that and implement. Share with a friend. So during this time of being at the uh, agency and um, really connecting with big, big time companies, you know, um, what are like some things that you was able to really inherit and take in as a, um, a real skill set to, to, to really apply to who you are today? Yeah, I think um, a couple of things. Uh, the advertising industry is built in a way that has specialties. Okay. So everyone has their own domain. There's the, there's the design team, there's the videography team, there's the strategy team, there's the creative team, there's art direction, there's copywriting, there's you know account management, accounting, um, account directors, managers, all kinds of stuff. Okay. But what that forces you to do is do something well. Mm. Don't do everything well. Do something well. Mm. Be a strategist and be a very good one. You know, be an accountant, be very good on, be an account director, be very good on, be a graphic designer, be very good on, which means that um, I learned how to be an entrepreneur in advertising because I, I learned the skill of delegating and I learned the skill of quickly identifying somebody's ability to do something and then trusting that, letting them do it working with them, bringing my bit in, bringing the other part, part co-founder and everyone brings their piece. And it's almost like everyone has equity in every job that you touch, every pitch that you touch. And so you learn how to work as a team. And then now it's just a matter of implementing that on my own businesses and my own ideas, which is way more fun than doing it with other people's. Mm. So I got to cut my teeth on management and on delegating on someone else's dime. You know, so it was a huge, huge advantage. And I think, you know, it's something that I'm super grateful for. And then the, the other thing that came out of advertising was I had my second mentor. Okay. Was the owner of the agency who um, was the guy who didn't, didn't let me be boring. Mm. Encouraged me and incentivized me to be a bigger individual and to, to do more and think more and not let the label of being having learning difficulties like weighed me down he really pushed me forward i didn't have a degree um i applied for a graduate trainee program mm. the reason why i had the internship was i applied for a graduate training program without graduating uni which is not a very smart idea but i did it anyway went to the day the open day was it the open day with all these people that had graduated did my talk in front of everyone did everything and um I got a bunch of agencies said, we want to work with this guy. He's the guy, he's the intern that we want. And then the company that put on the graduate training program ship said, you didn't, you didn't graduate from uni. You can't like, <laughs> you can't take these internships. These are for graduates. Mm -hmm. And in the end, the agency that I worked with took me, said, doesn't matter. 
come in here as an 18 year old and take over. So mm-hmm. I'm super grateful that, that I was able to be given that opportunity when I really shouldn't have had it. Right. To by taking a risk. Absolutely. How did you feel at that moment knowing that you was young and you was able to get that opportunity? Grabbed it. Grabbed it and ran. Um, because I looked at it, I looked at my first four years of, of, um, of work as like my degree. So I was like, what areas of this business can I touch? How can I help? What can I do to, to help move one, my learning forward and treat it as a degree, but also move my career forward. So when all my friends come out of high school, mm. all the guys used to laugh at me for not being able to read and like being that guy in class and, and like just finishing uni mm. and now getting that internship job when I was doing my internship three days after I finished school. Mm. You know, so like I was just blessed to be able to actually like get a head start. And I think if you're, if anyone out there is struggling with the notion of going to university and figuring out if it's the right thing for them to do, if you can not do it, it's really valuable because it speeds the process up and it, it like allows you to, to get, because you learn the same thing. Like university is not a job. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the skills that you learn at university are different to the skills you learn in, in work. So like, you, you've still got to learn the skills. You either learn them at 18 or you learn them later on. So mm-hmm. I think it's like, if you're, obviously I don't want my doctor to do what I did. I want mm-hmm. my doctor to go and get a degree. I don't want my lawyer to go and get a degree. And I kind of just like, there's differences in the world. But if you're going into creative arts or creative field or entrepreneurship, nothing like getting your hands dirty. Nothing mm-hmm. like mm. Awesome, man. It's interesting. So along your journey, man, and we, you know, um, what do you feel like that, that that transformational time was for you, like that that event that occurred to help you um, really be this um, persistent gentleman you are today. So um, I think it's worth fast forwarding a little bit to where I am now. So mm-hmm. today I run four businesses. Okay. Um, and all of those four businesses I can run because I learned how to delegate early. Mm. So I just do what I'm good at, which is concepting and writing a strategy in a direction. And then my secondary job is to motivate and drive people to a finish line, Mm. a daily finish line, a weekly finish line, a monthly finish line, a yearly finish line and a decade. And everyone needs to know what those goals are. Everyone needs to know where the business is going. Because I set the rules, I set the beginning of the process, mm. and I picked the right team to be able to execute and deliver along the way. Absolutely. But so what I don't do you, need to be in every business. Got you. What do you feel like that event was, though, that happened, like that downfall that happened that allowed you to pick yourself back up to really tell yourself that, nah, it's not no time for me to give up now. I got to keep going. Um, Take your time. I think the... I think that downfall happens every day. Mm. I think if you don't have something go wrong every day, you're not doing enough. Mm. So I think like a lot of people talk about this, like the microcosm, like the massive, massive dilemmas that, you know, had them broken on the street. Mm. And, you know, they're real, they happen. Um, And I think it's, 
part of your job is to minimize that. But ultimately, since I've hedged my bets across so many different things, nothing's too serious. Mm. You know, like, so, you know, if one business, I have a roadblock, I've just got to find a solution to it and get around. Like, and I think since, since there's no bigger, for me, there's been no bigger roadblock than what I tackled early on. Mm. Nothing's ever felt more quantum Mm. than that moment. So like when you have that thing happen to you super early on in life, everything else seems pretty easy. Mm. Like when you're, when you're a 12 year old kid who's like, Oh, I can't read. I can't write. And I can't speak properly. So like, you're like, well, if I can get over that, like not much else is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I think also problem, the reason why I don't really like talking about problems too much is everything's relative. So everything's relative. A 16 year old girl or guy breaking up with a, with a boyfriend or girlfriend is the biggest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then their father losing their business is the biggest thing in the world. Mm. So I think the bigger, the, the, the thing is that getting around the hurdle and find there's a solution to everything basically. And you just got to find a way around it, whether it's big or small or whether you treat it as a big or small thing. It's, it's really, everything is solvable. Everything is, is something that you can move and motivation is, is not something that you find when everything goes wrong. Mm. It's something that you find every day, every moment. Like it's, it's a, it's a mindset, not a decision. Mm. Right? Love yeah, it. I hope that answers the question. No, awesome, man. I love that you said that it is a it is a challenge every day, you know, and uh we always gotta rise, you know. So I love that you did you mentioned that it, you broke it down so so nice and plain for the people to really understand, you know, because you're right, everybody don't have those certain events that happen later on. It may happen at a young age towards you know, that was something that really just driven us or that family member or that one person that, or just the man above himself that's allowing us to continue to push forward, you know, to be, um, the, the, the dynamic people we are today. So, um, I wanted to ask, man, like after the agency and everything of that nature, what was next for you and your, uh, your journey? Yeah, cool. Um, so next I, I was running, uh, I, I left the agency and I started a behavioral science agency. Oh, cool. So I was specializing in purchase behavior. So, um, basically everything, we did everything from menu board design for, for large fast food companies, um, tracking your eye movement, uh, and judging and increasing cart size to heat mapping of retail floors to move sales racks around. And I was doing this and it was, to be honest, it was one of the most lucrative things I've ever done in my whole life. Um, it was doing really, really well financially, but I was working with giant businesses um, who do not care. Um, and I was, my job was to dramatically increase profits at whatever cost. So for a fast food company, that cost is obesity for, you know, some of the other brands I was working with, it was, you know, everything from tobacco through to, cause tobacco was always trying to find a different way around the law to sell. So increasing point of sale and things like that. So I was working with the, with the businesses that I didn't like, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a moment in a meeting uh, where I realized that I needed to make a career change um, just by the way a, a particular marketing director was talking about its consumers, which was 
um, contributing towards a giant obesity problem in Australia. So mm-hmm. I made a decision that day that I was going to unravel that business. Um, and I was lucky enough because through my advertising days, I uh, instead of taking a, an increased salary, I took a percentage of earnings. So um, if I brought in a client, uh, I, I took 5% of what that was, mm-hmm. no matter what client it was. Um, so it meant that I, I made quite a bit of money early on and I was lucky enough to have done that and it would afford me the luxury of buying a gym um, because I made the decision that I wanted to um, use my brain and use my business knowledge uh, to apply that to something that I really cared about and that was fitness. It was my hobby. It was what I did every day without mm-hmm. fail. No matter how busy I was, no matter what I was doing, I was at the gym. So I made a very like brash decision to move out of the advertising world into the gym world. And um, at the time, it was the right thing to do. But now I look back on it, I was just, mar- it was like a Band-Aid for a bullet wound. Mm-hmm. You know? Like it was like, I bought this gym with the ambitions of like being a healthy, holistic you know, balance between business and fitness and life and mindset and all this kind of stuff. Right. And I bought it and I, I loved it and it was great for a while. And then I it just felt a little empty. It didn't, it didn't really fulfill me. And the gym was doing business wise incredibly well and it was, um, was doing super well and everything was great. Um, but then I, I was going through this journey and I met Louisa, who's my partner and she's German um, and she, um, she kind of slowly dragged me away from Australia. I sold the gym. I moved to Germany uh, and I started with a clean slate over here. Um, and she's an influencer um, and a very good one at that. And I, I met her and since I'd come from like traditional marketing background, I didn't believe in influencers. I thought it was a joke. I was like, this is not real. Like maybe it's time you consider getting a real job. Right. Like that, that was my thinking towards this world. Mm. Um, and she, we were at dinner one day and she said, oh, um, I think I had a good day at work. And I was like, oh, what happened? And she goes, oh, I sold $550,000 worth of clothing today. Mm. And I was like, what? She goes, I sold $550,000 worth of clothing. And I was like, no way. <laughs> and then coincidentally, and because I'd seen this giant opportunity, Preach was born, which is now my major business now. So congratulations was born out of, um, out of this, this notion that, um, influencers are known for a lot of the wrong things, um, taking useless photos, doing crappy poses, um, things that don't add value to the world, Mm. subsection of the population of influencers that is making profound change and can make an impact and an influence on the world. And they're the influences that we want to work with. And we use my behavioral science, my behavioral science background to work with influences that can sell and then working with brands on landing page optimization, um, sales optimization, affiliate marketing to drive sales. Mm. So the only influences that we worked with were ones that could move units and sell product. Mm. So we were working with actual influences Mm. Um, whereas the majority of the market isn't that Um, and I think that's something we can dive into further for something you're interested in but it's definitely the notion of influences is something that for me is 
like we, as we believe, it's working with people of influence, not influencers. Um, and because the term influencers is, is sort of been hijacked by um, by a lot of fake followers, fake likes, fake engagement, uh, and a relatively unrealistic world and and perspective on life. Uh, but there's really people out there that are crushing it and doing some really powerful stuff. So um, that was sort of where it was all born. So we worked with brands and influencers, and we were making trying to generate sales and do performance based influencer stuff. So that's really the the the, the business at the moment. That's where I'm, where I'm at. Absolutely. What do you feel like uh, separates you from other influencers? Uh, separates me from other influencers? Uh, yes. I'm not one. Um, so I, I don't, I have such a high respect for influencers that I don't think that you can do both run a business with your own team of people that you need to influence on a more personal level. Um, you can't do that and scale a digital presence that is is influencing i think it's really difficult the only person i really know that's doing it is gary v um there's a lot of uh, there's a very difficult line to blur and i don't feel like uh for the last sort of year or so i've had the mental capacity to to do both um so that's kind of been been my thing is focusing on the internal team and influencing them on more of a personal level um and in a way that benefits me by improving efficiencies and, and, and generating a better result from each of them um, and in turn growing the business. Um, while my partner, who solely focuses on being an influencer and does it as her whole job and her whole day, <laughs> Got you. communicating and living. So I think it's difficult to do both well. I think you come out of it as like a jack of all trades, master of none. Right, um, absolutely. So what's some of the big brands you've worked with, like you know, your, you and your company Preach uh, Media Group? Yeah, so so preach. We work with um, we work with Sony Music a lot. We work with a lot of musicians now. Um, we run a, a event called Preach Sessions, which works with musicians from around the world. So we work with Tom Walker. We work with Social House. Uh, we've got some sessions coming up with Ariana Grande and, and some bigger artists. So we do live performances with them, and we mix in influences with that. Um, so we work with like Jay Alvarez, um, Sam Calder. We work with some bigger bigger end stuff. Uh, work with Jake and Logan Paul. Um, influences awesome. Where was I at? Just real quick. Yeah, just talking about the uh, brands that you work with. You said you got some coming up with uh, a Ronnie Grande. Ron- yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah. So we work with musicians uh, of all different sizes uh, on the session side, which is basically merging um, influencers okay. um, and artists. So we put an artist in an environment that's brand new, um, something that hasn't been done with music before, and we put influencers in there. It gives the influencers a chance to make great content. And it gives the artist a chance to, to sort of get exposure um, that they haven't got before. So we work with a lot of artists as brands. And the purpose of that is to drive streams, increase merchandise sales, whatever the case may be. Um, so they're the, some, of the, some of the artists we work with. And then brands, we work with Sixth, the car rental company, a lot. Uh, we do work with Mercedes. Um, still work with Mercedes a lot. Uh, we do stuff with L'Oreal, uh, Captain and Son, um, a whole bunch, a whole bunch of brands. Uh, so we... We do a lot of stuff there um, and and it's really sort of kind of skewed more to the music space lately um, just because of where the industry's at. You know, mm. just being this sort of digital first space where streaming is so important and merchandise sales and ticket sales are all happening online. So applying that sort of performance side of things 
with influencers um, is really moving more in the music space just because of where the industry's at. So it's sort of coincidentally taken us that route. Um, and also there's so many people competing in the brand space. Mm. I don't, don't really believe in playing in red oceans unless you've got a really, really, really strong proposition, um, which I think we do, but it applies much more, much more to influencers and much more to influencers and musicians because the other thing is influencers want to work with music because it's so much easier to integrate into their content without it feeling branded. Like t- promoting teeth whitening strips versus promoting musicians, it's so much easier promoting musicians um, for them to integrate in. So for them to make money, it's much easier. So it's, um, it's, it's definitely a, a nice fit. Absolutely. And what's that one brand? I know you work with several, several brands. Um, what's that one brand you feel like you share a strong relationship with? Uh, to be honest, uh, there's an artist called Tom Walker. Um, and he would be the brand cause he is a brand. I think all musicians are, I think everyone is your brand. Um, everything we do every day is contributing towards being a brand. Mm. The clothing you're wearing right now is a brand. Mm. So I, I, I view, um, the artists we work with, the labels we work with, every, everything is a brand. Uh, so that would be Tom. Uh, because I really believe in the message in his music. Uh, I really believe in what he's trying to do um, with with sort of culture um, and and sort of bringing a bit more of a sensitive side back to back to masculinity. Um, so I believe in in him as an artist. Um, and yeah, so so he would be the brand that I think is is definitely having the the, the biggest impact. Okay, shout out to Tom. Yeah. Awesome. What's one of your favorite songs from him or so? Uh, he has a song called "You and I," which is actually a track that um, that I I used to propose to my partner. I had him perform it at a, at a private concert um, in an event space. Okay. Um, and yeah, I proposed to her to that song uh, in that room. So it's got a bit of a bit of a personal soft spot as well. Absolutely. Now, you know, what do you feel like, man? As building your company and building the people around it, um, what do you feel like? You know, is something that you did like a mistake that you made? You don't regret it, but you learn from it. You can help other people, especially younger people who are looking to build, you know, a company or a business or so not do the same. Um, I think the biggest thing is ego. Mm. You've really got to let go of that. It's, it's evil. It, mm. like, <laughs> you will lose great stuff. You will, it will destroy your business. It will destroy you as a person. Um, and it will eat at the foundation of who you think you are. It's brutal. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's really something you've got to, you got to, you got to treat, treat with care. Um, and whenever you think you've fixed it, that's a sign you haven't. <laughs> so, cause there's ego in thinking that you've fixed ego. So it's definitely something that I think is, needs to be kept in check And the main. And, you know, I think especially with entrepreneurs, um, I think, there's a there's a major shift in the culture of entrepreneurship lately around this solopreneur, um, and around this sort of individual I did this mentality, and even if you were the only person in your business, even if you sit at home and you work at your computer and all you do is produce whatever whatever it is your output is, if you're doing that on your own and that's you, you're still not doing it on your own because you're using Zoom for your conference calls <laughs> and. You, like all this software that's been created to assist you in being an individual running your career so no one's ever done anything by themselves I don't, no one ever 
And I think anyone who's played any team sports on a high level knows that very early. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's learning how to play into that and feed into that. And, you know, the, the best leaders are the ones that put themselves second, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, you've got to be willing in the early days of a business to pay your staff more than you pay yourself. Mm. That's something you're going to have to get over, especially if you've gone, if you've gone and you've, you know, had a job somewhere else and you've got used to the hierarchy of corporate culture. And then you've got to, as it's before, rip the layers back, pull back all the stuff that you learned, pull back all of that, relearn life as an entrepreneur as putting yourself second and understanding that you're going to probably pay six staff more than you're paying yourself for the first 12 months of your business. Mm. Um, And the only reason why you want to pay yourself more is egos in the way. And the only reason why you want to give yourself that corner office that takes up all the space, (laughs) the only reason why you want to have a better computer than everyone else, the only reason why you want to, you know, do all the things that make you look sexy in a public eye, it's because, you know, ego, Mm. everything. You know, if you're going to fly a business, make sure the people you're flying and people that are going on that same trip with you that are making, helping make you the money, make sure you're putting them in that seat as well. Mm. Super important. Absolutely. I love that, man. Thank you. Thank you. People, if this resonates with you, what he just, what my guy Dan just said about putting your ego to the side, like, please, please do that, you know, um, as well and message him and tell him thank you because most of us just so arrogant, man, and we feel like, You know, like I say all the time that you are not alone and, you know, there's always somebody there behind you or in front of you, but that don't mean you never stop, you know, Um, and we must take time to listen because so many people want to ravel, ravel, but they don't want to unravel. They don't want to listen. So that was a great point, man. I wanted to get into, man, um, I was looking at one of your your, your, uh, um, dope videos, man, earlier and I wanted to get into collaboration. You know, um, why do you feel like in today's age, you know, collaboration is important for most entrepreneurs and those who have these teams of people? I think it's everything. Um, You know, we we are in a world now where everyone can make a business. You know, everyone can call themselves an entrepreneur. Everyone can create an agency. Everyone can start a service. Everyone can start a product. And, you know, with that, the inherent nature of people is to compete and to butt heads and clash and, and to fight against that. Um, and, and I think it's a real issue because in, since there's so much competition, in turn, everyone eats a little bit. Like it's, no one's really like rising. And when you look at, you know, like for example, I have four businesses. All four businesses feed each other, every single one. We have a content business in Wolves X and that business is solely focused on producing high-level quality content. So that business feeds in to preach and it creates the quality content that helps preach, get clients Mm. preach promotes using its infrastructure of influences, the wolves. So, and there's multiple other examples of that and all of them feed each other. And it's, it's, it's super important. And I will work with anyone on anything. And I, because I know I'm so confident in what I add to a business because I only do one thing. Every Mm -hmm. business only does one thing. Every vertical only does one thing. So I'm so confident in that, that if I work with somebody who does something else, I'm not worried. 
like I'm working with them because I think they're good at what they do. It's, mm. the, same, it's the same mentality that came out of the advertising industry. And it's the, it, because you've got to learn how to depend on each other. And what, what, like, I think people have to expand their um, comfort zone on, you know, when you're inside a business, you're comfortable sharing everything because you're all on a team together. And instead of like closing that wall at your business, like close the wall on entrepreneurship or close the wall on the marketing department of every business. Mm -hmm. All market is the same, no matter if they're marketing a flower company or they're working with, you know, drones or whatever the, whatever the hell they're selling, there's mm -hmm. something that you could potentially input into your business add as an extra service revenue share on grow your business, grow their business and start a partnership. And unless you're direct competitors, like directly, which I think is very, very rare. Um, there's always a way to collaborate, always a way to partnership, partner up. So I think, I think collaboration is like as people, and I think since we walk through entrepreneurship very lonely, um, it makes it worse. It makes our job more insular, more people are working from home. More people aren't putting themselves in, in offices and environments that allow them to collaborate. So I think that the trend of collaboration is almost like going away instead of come together. Absolutely. And what's um, a biggest collaboration you can say that you've made so far um, and that, you know, it turned out to be something really big, you know, for the both of you all or, you know, so like that. Well, I think it's, um, I think it's probably with my business partner uh, who actually started off as a separate business. The Wolves was, a, was another business. Okay. Uh, it was uh, completely separate. Um, <laughs> and we spent, I'd probably say six months working together for nothing. Um, he would work, he would push, make content for my business and we would promote his business. And, you know, we were literally sitting probably one too many beers in at, at a dinner one night and said, <laughs> the business together. And, you know, we'll just, you know, you come in on us, we'll come in on you and just, just like split it. <laughs> um, and that's how it started. So like, it's, it's not, um, it's not collaborating for collaboration's sake. There has to be a mutually beneficial agreement. Mm -hmm. um, and this also goes, if you're looking to get experience mm. and you're applying for internships and stuff, don't think anyone's going to do you a favor. Like that's not what this is about. This is not about like asking and, and not giving. Mm -hmm. Like no matter what level of the spectrum you're on, like one of the things that annoys me the most is when someone says they're looking for a mentor. I'm like, great super cool i'm really glad you're looking for a mentor everyone should have a mentor mm -hmm. but don't expect that to be a one-way relationship like you know provide value in whatever way you can mm. you know like for me i'm realizing i'm 29 now i'm getting older i'm not i'm not any good on tiktok like i don't know what to do on it like it's not my it's not my platform anymore it's not my age demographic so a, 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 an example of adding value to my life is contributing in an area that you may know really well Mm. And then I can teach you what I know, and then you can teach me what you know, and we found a collaboration. Mm. We found a meeting point and a partnership. So I think that's, you know, don't just treat partnerships as something that's singularly beneficial. Always think about how the other person's benefiting, and they should be benefiting a little bit more than you. Mm. That's amazing. I love that, too, that it shouldn't just be one. It should be always becoming equal equals you know honestly because it's one one thing this this person may have that you may not have and it's one thing that that person may not have and you may have so 
you know, um, I love it, man. And that's an interesting point, honestly, uh, because so many people do need to stop looking at everybody as a competitor and um, look at them as knowing that, you know, we can come together because, you know, when we come together, we can achieve more, right? Better together, as you said in, you know, one of your uh, vids. So I think that's important. And I think the people that's listening right now need to really take time to really hear that out. So. Man, what keeps Dane putting out great content just over and over and over again, man? What continue to keep you just continue to put out exclusive, phenomenal, dope-ass content? I think the thing, thing for, thank you for saying it's dope too, by the way. You never really know when you make your own content. Absolutely. You're a big critic on your own stuff and you're like, there's so much stuff I've like not wanted to release. And the stuff I really don't want to release is generally the stuff that people resonate with the most because I'm the most afraid like self-conscious wise to release it mm-hmm. um, typically means it means something but i think ultimately um the reason why i like to keep doing it is you know we i think like there's so many people producing content from a i've learned this from somebody else so now i'm going to teach it to you it's like surface level stuff and i think like for me the reason why i go come and go from content is if I don't have something that hits me because I've done it or I've felt it or I've experienced it, I don't want to make a video about it because it doesn't mean anything. And I think the internet's got enough transference. Like I think we've got enough vehicles. I think like, like we, don't, we don't need any more people hearing something and then repeating something. Um, I think the internet's full of that. So I think for me, it's a lot about, you know, um, collaboration, stuff coming out of conversation, you and I talking, you thinking of an idea, me expanding on that idea and then developing it. So I think podcasts are dope. But if you're going to do a direct to camera and you're going to talk about something, I don't want to hear it if someone else has already said it. That <laughs> way. You know, there's no point in going, I'm going to do a video today. Let me just check what Gary Vee did this week and then just go and repurpose one of his videos and push it out to the world. Like, mm-hmm. it's not neat. So for me, it has to come from a place that either has a unique spin or a unique perspective or, or whatever. And, and I think for a year there, I didn't really produce any content because I didn't believe that I had, I, I needed to go through a new journey and a new learning to come out of that with shit to add. You know? mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I think it's all about for me. Why do you think that's important though, man, as you just mentioned something good is that um, you took some time away from you know this space so why do you feel like that's important you know that you decided to do that so that other people can really take in to really inherit as well and you know bring it to their own lives i think um it's a mindset thing i think when you when you go into growing a channel you do things that are done to grow the channel so you make videos you think people want to see And when you're making videos and content, you think people want to see, you make things that have already been made because you've seen that content do well and then you've made it. So I think like it's a, it's the growth mindset for me had to be channeled into the business. Mm. But then I could like when I learned something, I'd write it down. I'd be like, okay, cool. It's a video idea. I had no plans on when I was going to shoot that. it was a concept that was mine that I had that I didn't see somewhere. I'm, at the end of the day, no ideas new. Everything's been done. Every idea has been created. But like, it's just for me, the way I would deliver that idea, I feel so much more confident 
in the way I would deliver it because it's not a rejigging of someone else's words. It's like, it comes from, and I don't do any scripts for my videos. I, everything is just direct to camera, one take. If it's not, it takes more than one take, it's probably going to be a crap video. So everything is direct to camera, no extras, nothing. Cause it's, cause I just think it's, it's either got to come out right or it's, it's probably not a very good point. Absolutely. And what do you feel like most of you, you know, your subscribers, listeners, supporters attract most to your videos and to your content? Um, I think it's, sometimes it's not even what I say. It's how I say it. Mm. Like sometimes it's like some people don't even really even comment on the video. They comment on how passionate I was or a weird use of words that like doesn't necessarily make sense, but it was like, it was more of like the end of the day, I, I would rather make content that people leave their phone with a positive headspace. Mm. Than a negative. So I think for me, it's like everything's about feeling and energy. As long as the video has a good feeling and a good energy, I'll release it. Mm. If it doesn't feel like it has that, I won't. So I think I get a lot of comments on like the vibe and the tone of the video um, more so than sometimes the content itself, like the learning or the lesson inside of the content. Um, and I'm completely okay with that because the only way I can get to that energy is by feeling like the concept's any good. Absolutely. I know you've made a lot of videos, man, along the time. Like what's that most important piece that you really took some time, you enjoyed it with the team and that you like, man, like this is This is going to be something real, real extraordinary. Like, like that most of that, that one piece that you just can remember. Cause I know as many. So I think, I think the collaboration one was kind of, kind of big. Um, it's interesting. You mentioned that one. I think, I think that one's kind of big. Um, there's another one coming out. It's a new concept that we come up with called Meeting in the Middle. Okay. And it's basically my partner and I, um, who happens to be my business partner and my fiance, which is a whole other For thing. real? So yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the one you met in, the one from Germany, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. big, one, man. Yeah, the one in the video is both. So it's a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> both. She's literally in the next room listening to this song. Yeah, that's That's <laughs> hello. <laughs> yeah, so like so we do this thing where we both we both disagree on a lot of things but at the end of the day that's part of the power of you know two humans so you know we do this thing where i will walk and talk on a particular topic and she will walk and talk on a topic and then we literally meet in the middle and we talk about both of our perspectives mm. so we just did a, we did one recently on um religion okay actually. Um, you know, I had my first church experience, uh, in LA a little while ago, um, since going to a very heavily religious high school. Um, so I, you know, we had this meeting of the minds. She is still quite in the world of, of religion and I am, um, in the world of belief, but who knows? Mm. So we met in the middle and had a conversation about it. I learned some stuff. Cause it's normally a topic everyone runs away from. Um, so I learned it, some stuff, she learned some stuff and ultimately we, we shifted our thinking, but not, not anything quantum, but I think it was just a conversation starter. Um, so that's going to come out soon, uh, which is pretty cool. But the collaboration one I think was, was actually a super fun day. The location was dope. It was this cool scout. Um, we found some cool spots to, to shoot it. Um, and our videographer, Constantine, who's honestly one of the best humans in the world, super <laughs> for video in front of we just had a fun day mm. um so yeah so i think that energy came out in that video and i think it um 
that video was actually a good example of, of collaboration because the concept came out of a big group of people talking and then the shot, the shoot had six people on it and the editing had three people on it. So coincidentally, <laughs> all the people touched it. Um, yeah, so I think they're probably the two, two, of the, two of the fun ones. Yeah, that's awesome. Where was it at? Uh, it was it in actually in Hamburg? It was at a um, at a famous tennis stadium here in Hamburg. Um, so it was it was done here. So it was a very cool spot. I had to had to sneak in, climb over the fence, and uh, <laughs> they make it happen, right? Exactly. Exactly. Oh man! So like, if you can count, like, how many like videos have you done so far? Like, how many? Oh man, we've done. Honestly, if you include courses, we've done like over a thousand because mm. um, we also run run educational programs on how to become an influencer and how to work with influencers as a brand and we run all that. And each of those videos is like, each of those courses is like a hundred videos in it. So mm. um, yeah, we've done a lot of that. We've done a lot of education stuff. Um, we also make courses for businesses. Um, so like people who are looking to educate a business on influencer marketing or looking to educate a business on um, you know, strategy in general will create a, a full course um, for them. So thousands. Um, but that's also because we have a content business as well. So we, we produce a lot of content for a lot of different types of people. Absolutely, man. And what do you feel like your greatest, your, your, that just that, that, that strong power for you? And what do you feel like something you really want to improve on just to be completely vulnerable? Vulnerability. How's that? Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I I think it's probably you know before this before this call we're talking about um we're talking about Javon Javon Langford who you know is is an incredible human being doing incredible things around the world for masculinity and for for what it means to be a man and um and I'm, I'm super proud to be very close with him um and he's someone who is who has pulled tremendous amounts of vulnerability out of me um and and tested me. And, um, you know, even when it comes to stories that I do and stuff, he, he goes, that wasn't the full story. Tell the full story. <laughs> you know, like he pushes cause he knows what I am and he knows, you know, what I do when I am vulnerable. And if I'm not doing that, he's driving, driving that home and really pushing that forward. So, um, I, I'm very grateful to him. Uh, and, and I, you know, it's funny you use the word vulnerability cause that is it. That's the yeah. big thing. You know, as as men, we want to show this like super successful, crushing the game. You know, flexing left, right, and center, making it all look dope, and you know, um, missing the the shit side, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the crap that happens. That you know, the ego, the all those kinds of things that that that, that get in the way, um, and and not not sharing those things enough. And not sharing that part of the journey enough is is a trap that social media tends to tends to create often. Um, so I think I think vulnerability vulnerability is a big one, um, and I think it's something that you'll battle with. Every man will battle with for the rest of their life. You know, um, again, if you think you've fixed it, you definitely haven't. Absolutely, absolutely. I love that man, and um, I think that's a great point. And shout out to Javon Linkford as well. Tremendous, tremendous human being. And I really enjoyed your conversation too as I was watching it, man. I'm like, I had to replay some tracks because I'm like, man, like we know what's going on, but repeat information changes situations. And I think that for two humans to come across and two men, because you know, back in the day, if you look at somebody, they look at you like, you know, what you looking at versus 
how you doing or you know um my name is this and just trying to inspire like nowadays like it's it makes it not cool but it, it makes it big for us to come together as human and as men to to make this world a better place so i think guys like you and juvon you know just phenomenal in different spaces and inspiring so many around the world that you guys may not get that told every day but I'm here to tell you, you know, honestly, and I wanted to show some gratitude to towards you, man, which I do every, every interview and say, man, thank you for coming and being on, on, on time and being present. You know, you out there in Hamburg, Germany with the family and taking time away from your busy schedule. We've been connected via social media message at the met. And we wanted to thank today's sponsors brought to you by anchor.fm. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's completely no charge. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you where it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and many more. Guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast. Honestly, it just takes for you to really get started. Go ahead and download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm and look forward to seeing you create your show. Yes. Messaging. Whether we don't get it, get it 15 minutes later or hours, we then get back to it and we make sure we got it done. So I thank you, Dan, for really being here, man. And I'm really enjoying your time today, man. And thank you for allowing me in your space, bro. Thank you very much. Thank you for, for looking at the content and, and sort of, you know, appreciating it and, um, and sort of seeing it as something that you think is worth going deeper on and deeper conversations similar to this. And I think, you know, we've got, we've got plenty of things to work on together in the future and got a bunch of, bunch of fun stuff lined up, hopefully, to be able to, able to develop and continue to sort of move forward in particular areas. But I, I think, um, thank you. Thank you for having me. My man, Dan. So um, what do you feel like is missing right now, man? In my life? Yes. Missing for me? Um, friendships. Okay. It's been the most neglected area of my life. Mm. Um, working and living with your partner. Um, being running multiple business in multiple time zones uh, makes you very difficult to catch. Mm. Um, and since it's a 24-hour thing with the globe and Australia having one business, LA having two businesses, and here having having one business, um, it it means that I'm always available for work, uh, and I'm not always available for friends. Um, so on on that front, it's um it's the biggest thing I've got to work on, um, and it's it's a true true challenge. So how can we overcome that? How are we going to adjust to that? It's, it's being forcing the availability. Mm. At the end of the day, you've got 100% of the pie and you've got you've to cut something. You've got to take 10% out of something to put 10% back in. Um, so really, it's sort of reviewing and assessing. Uh, actually, Javon brought this up with me recently. This is exactly why, I'm, why it's in the top of my mind. Mm. Um, you know, you know, we missed each other a couple of times on a couple of trips that we shouldn't have missed each other on. Um, and, and that wasn't good. You know, uh, you've got you to make time for that because they're those conversations and they're those things that allow you to, you know, 
truly reflect on yourself and how you're being perceived by other people and surrounding yourself with honesty. And I think the one of the reasons why um why I appreciate what you're doing so much is I think um you know the world needs men that hold mirrors. Mm. It needs men that allow other men to have an honest and raw conversation that cuts deep enough for mm. them to think about things. So when they hear that question, something's there. Yes. They're always working on something. Mm. You know? And there's a shitload more things I should be working on. But that's just the one that's sitting on the top of my mind that um, is probably, if I fix that, will make the biggest quantum change in my life. And I think there's always one thing that you can do that you can distill everything down to to make a, make a massive change. And, you know, just the fact that, you're here showing up doing your thing making this podcast holding the mirror mm. allowing people to sort of um reflect on on who they are and what they're about mm. i love especially that man especially men mm-hmm. i think um you know not to say that i'm sure the female gender is has their own level of challenges in society but i think um you know javon says d- dysfunctional men uh, are, are the cause of, of a lot of a lot of challenges, um, and a lot of people in high positions who are defunct, dysfunctional, and um, and need to need the mirror, to be honest. Mm. And um, and I think people like yourself, hopefully me, Javon, uh, many others, Joel, we spoke about Joel before as well. Like there's a lot of people out there that are holding that mirror, and I think it's a it's a very valuable tool. Yes, yes, absolutely. Receive fully, man. Um, that's, that's awesome, man. It's actually mind blowing. And for those who are listening right now, you know, I'm sure they can really, really relate to it as well of what you just said. But, um, why do you feel like now today's man, today's society, so many people are attracted to the media space, you know, like, why do you feel though that these people are just attracted to that media space? Like it's just addiction. It's a positive addiction though. Yeah. It's, um, in terms of attracting the media space, in terms of like get, creating a personal brand and, and building all that sort of stuff? Yes. Um, I think it's clout. I think we've just got this addiction right now. It's the, it's the, it's the currency at the moment. It, it gets you free hotels. It gets you, like, <laughs> you know, like it, it gets you indoors. It gets you in clubs. Like it's a, it's a new currency before it was just cash. Like, like to, to, to get that vibe and that feeling and that, that, that the only currency for that was cash. And now it's comes in many forms. Now mm. you know, it's followers on Instagram, it's subscribers on YouTube. It's, you know, subs on TikTok. It's like comes in different forms. And I think, I think people who um, are struggling to chase the money or, or don't have that inherent skill um, are looking for other ways of feeling that feeling. Mm. um and and it's addictive and it's also unreal like we just came back from a trip in portugal okay (laughs) six of our influencers in a five thousand dollar a night villa and eating you know four hundred dollar wagyu beef and jumping on you know 30 foot yachts and didn't pay a thing you know and and i think that's that's an unrealistic expectation on what everyone at that thing could actually afford. Um, and I think that that creates like a, a disconnect 
in, in people's minds. And, uh, and it's something they want to strive for because they want to live that experience, but they know the difficulty in living a life that gets that experience and pays for that experience is so difficult. So they chase the, the media and the exposure and the clout because that has a potential of getting them in those positions. Um, and very few people are doing the clout thing for the right reasons, you know, which is to, to make an impact, to hold the mirror, to, to do those kinds of things. Um, so yeah, so I think that would be my my only only real answer to that question. Mm, and as you said, you just came from Portugal and eating, you know, this eating expensive food and just living life, man. You know, um, how do you maintain this focus, man, during this like with this type of lifestyle? Sleep less. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not something I recommend, but it, it, there's there's things that have to get done, and and also delegating too. Like that's the other thing, you know. If you if you're you know um, some people, you know, what is considered a job is so broad now. Like you know, taking photos of half naked women for co some content creators, that's a job. You know, like you know, there's lots of things now that, that exist as, as careers that didn't exist before uploading to a social media account, a job, you know, um, all those kinds of things. It's, it's, it's a, just a different world. And, and since there's a niche for everyone, if you can utilize and you can find the right partners in the right place and you can collaborate with the right individuals and give them the right incentives and, you know, understand, know how to, how to motivate this new generation of staff coming through, you can do that too. It's just a matter of like, you know, bringing on the right people in the right places and never forgetting what your job is. Mm. Always your job first and find what you need around you that delivers the highest ROI and can also provide value to that individual and know mm. exactly what motivates them. Absolutely. I love that. That's powerful, man. That's real powerful. So, Dan, my last question for you, man, is the bonus. When it's all said and done, man, what do Mr. Dan want to be remembered for? If I'm honest, this changes regularly and it shouldn't, but I think what do I want to be remembered for? I used to want to be remembered for creating quantum change in the obesity epidemic. That was what I wanted to be remembered for. Then I evolved on from that. And now I'm, I'm really in a place where I want to create more people in the world who hold the mirror. Mm. Um, it's, don't think it's possible to... I used to want to hold the mirror. That was the goal. And then I realized that that's only going to be one person at a time. Um, because a lot of those, a lot of that depth of conversation and the place you've got to go to and the, the level of trust and, and closeness you have to feel with that person that's holding the mirror, it's yeah. impossible to do that with content. It's impossible. So all you can do with content is motivate and push people towards that desire to hold the mirror for other people. You know, so you can help guide people and help push people towards wanting to be that person and everyone has that like light inside them and that ability to do that. Um, some days it is super cloudy and, and a, a piece of content can lift that or can remove that and allow someone to, to, to see things differently. 
and that might be give them the power and the opportunity to sit down with someone and then develop the relationship and then hold the mirror hopefully so i think that would be um that would be what i would love my legacy to be um yeah i think that would be my answer okay Oh man, I love that. That's just, it's unique. Cause you, I never really heard nothing like, you know, like that before, man. But that's why I say, you know, when you're creative and you know, you bring something different and you hold so much, then that's what comes out of life. Right. So I feel like what we put in is what we get back in return and we receive so much more when we filling people up. So we continue to fill our tanks up, the car never get empty or our souls never get empty. So, um, curiosity, what's yours? Uh, what's yours? Well, oh, you want to push it on me? <laughs> what I want to be remember for? Yeah. Oh man, um, I want to be remembered for it, bro. Just like somebody just who who came from just a tough background, you know, lost his mother at a very young age, but always was persistent, no matter what, no matter the odds against him. You know, he he decided to build, you know, himself and and the people and build his platform so people cannot just only see an image but can see something much bigger to know that yes, you're not on this journey alone, but when you're doing that work, you may feel alone. It feels alone, but you're not alone. And to be remembered for just, just that person, man, who was able to inspire so many younger men and women in those jails and prisons across the world to just step out that comfort zone and step into your power. So step from that comfort zone and step into your throne. So yeah, man, that's what, I can keep. I can go on, man. Now you interviewing me. You done switched it on yeah, me. Exactly. Man. We're gonna have to switch over and uh, <laughs> jump on, well, yeah, on Instagram and have that chat. Um, because I think, I think it's um, it's powerful, and I think everyone is dealt cards, um, and everyone is dealt challenges and 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 issues that are all relative. Everything is relative. Yes. You know the 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 kid that's born into three hundred billion dollars has his own set of issues. Um, and I think, I think everyone has a challenge and everyone has a duty and a, and a responsibility to address those challenges. The goal, hopefully, is to get over them and then lead the next generation through. So it's, it's wicked that you haven't just got over it and just gone, I'm off. <laughs> I'm just going right. to run towards the level of success that I want to have and just throw over, leave everyone else back there. Yeah. You know, like, which is a completely understandable feeling. Like depending on what people go through, it's a completely understandable feeling, but it's cool. That's, that's not your vibe, man. Absolutely. I appreciate you, man. I thank you for asking that question as well, man. Um, honestly, man, I wanted, I did, I know I said the last question, but I, I wanted to ask, I wanted to include her cause I know she's listening right now. You know, your, your, your wife, your, um, you know, um, what is it like, like working together, man? And, you know, when did you really see that, man, this is, this is someone I'm going to really spend the rest of my life with? It's a, look, good question. <laughs> um, Louisa, uh, how do I want to answer this? I, when I was living in Sydney, okay, I owned my own gym. I was doing quite well financially. I was 105 kilos and 6% body fat crushing i was super happy with how everything was going last thing on my mind was a relationship but i needed a partnership i needed you know me to continue to go to the gym by myself every day and continue to do what i was doing so i wasn't in a headspace and um i i met l and she asked me questions that i didn't have answers to and she 
pushed in different areas and poked um, holes in my life that people hadn't poked, uh, like the fact I hadn't travelled properly, I hadn't explored the world. And um, she brought a lot of things to light that I um, owe a, I'm very indebted to her as as a as as just a human, not even as a partner. Just as I'm just indebted to her for for bringing those things to light. Um, and then in terms of in terms of what the moments were, we did long distance for 18 months. Wow! If you don't know how far that is, that's Australia. You can't go from Germany to Australia in under 24 hours journey. Mm. Two flights typically. Um, so you can't you can't get there. So we we didn't see each other for often three four months at a time. Uh, the longest we went was six months, um, and we did long distance. And I think that is where bonds are built. When, when you don't have the distraction of the naked female form physically in front of you, um, you really get to know the depth of somebody. You mm. get to know what they are willing to do for themselves. You get to know what they're willing to do for others. You get to know what their deepest desires are. You get to align morally and spiritually and emotionally um, before you align physically. Um, and I think that's, that's, the, that's a powerful thing. Mm. Uh, and I know exactly what her goals and aspirations are. I know exactly when she's off kilter a little bit. She knows exactly when I'm off kilter. We push each other forward and we pull each other back when needed. Um, and we annoy each other. I think it's valuable. Mm. I think you have to annoy each You have to be asking questions that I don't want to hear. You have to be, you know, keeping ego in check. You have to be keeping all those things in check because... You know, not only she's not only working with her business partner, she's also working with a fiance. So, like the she know she sees if I'm off at work, she knows that's going to be a problem privately. Mm. If I'm off privately, she knows that's going to be a problem at work. So you have this constant moral compass around you that that allows you to to keep things focused because a lot of people are having a terrible time at work. And their partner never knows that. So they think that they're just this demon at home. Mm. But in actual fact, the root of the problem is not the home. The root of the problem is work mm. and vice versa. So I'm blessed with somebody that can see me in both environments and know when I'm not on and, and then I can drill in on what the issue is. So it's tremendously valuable in that regard. Um, it's very challenging being around your partner a lot of the time. Um, it's very challenging making decisions together when you don't agree <laughs> there's a lot like it is i make this sound great but it's very difficult very difficult um being in each other's space all the time and sharing friends and you know it's it's very very challenging experience but it is um by far the most profound thing i've ever been a part of it's she's the best business partner i've ever had because she's not just my business partner um she's a you know i we talk about this a lot but we're a, we're a partnership, not a relationship. You know, it's, there's a difference in my head. If that makes sense to anybody else, each their own. But for me, it's a, it's a partnership, not a relationship. Uh, and there's a difference. And, um, and it's the best thing in the world. It's, it's a, I never thought having a partner would be so much of a value add. Mm, that's beautiful, man. I know she's probably smiling right now. Because you know, she's listening anymore. She normally hears me ramble for about half an hour. 
<laughs> gives out. Now, that's amazing, though, man. Honestly, I think that that gives other people, man, like hope, man, honestly, as well, to really love and love unconditionally because, you know, there's um, love. Love exists, man. And love is real and love is beautiful. And I feel like it may not happen overnight, as we know nothing does, but a long time and a longer journey, you meet that right one. You know, the man above put that right one in your life to really, like you say, not build a relationship only, but build a partnership, build an empire, empire and build a foundation. So for those that are just listening right now, I hope you guys really received it fully, which I did. And I know you guys did as well. And um, I think that's beautiful, man. And I, I think I think you guys, I believe you guys should really continue to keep elevating together man putting out great content inspiring many building your teams building your people building your countries because you're giving people out there that's in germany and australia more than hope as well and giving them the way to let them know that hey we can surf but we can do so much more we can do this we can do that you know we can give back to those who need it the most so i I just think that's big man and i could just chop it up with you man just hours and hours but i know we both on time and you out there in Hamburger, and I'm here in uh, Florida. But um, it's been a brilliant, brilliant time. And I wanted to really say, man, just keep on, keep on, keep going, man. For real, man. You're a true inspiration to many. And uh, what's up coming next for you before 2020? Is something you're looking forward to? Yeah, we've got some really big sessions coming up. We've got some um, some some cool stuff work-wise coming, some cool content opportunities and stuff. But honestly, like the, the next chapter, the back end of this year, is really just around um, – is is really trying to get back in the content space again and get back get back to the you know giving back thing there's there's one last story i'll leave with yes um, and it it's it actually comes from um an, an ayahuasca experience that i had um which was horrifically tremendous but profound so i i was um long story short i was since i have um learning difficulties i i view the world differently so in this particular experience i had my ears covered um my mouth covered just like a dream pretty much ears covered my mouth covered and my eyes covered um and i i couldn't speak i couldn't read i couldn't do anything i I, I couldn't see i couldn't do anything and it was a really full-on experience and it was all mental it was a trip and it was full-on and i was experiencing this for what felt like two days and then all of a sudden I'm black, there was a curtain in front of me, and then the curtain opened, and I had my eyes back, my ears back, and my mouth back, and I could see and I could experience everything. Mm. Out to a crowd and a sea of people who had their eyes, their ears, and their mouth sewn up. And it kind of shut off. And I was, I've interpreted that as. You know, I was blessed enough to come out of that traumatic experience of, of having been hamstrung like that. Um, and, and I was blessed with that experience. And there's a lot of people that aren't. And, you know, you have to find points in your life, whether that happens in one long stream that continues on for the rest of your life or comes in spurts. But um, when you have that energy and when you have that vibe to be able to give back and it's something that you feel like you have the capacity to do, you got to do it. And, and that's kind of the vibe and energy that I'm in right now is like coming in the back end of this year, there's some really cool business stuff happening, but ultimately it's, it's finding and thinking about the unique ways that I want to bring um, 
that gift, so to speak, um, to life and, and see where I can channel that. Um, I don't have the answers to that entirely, but that's really what I want to try and figure out for the back end of this year. Powerful, powerful, man. Dan, thank you, man. If you could leave us off with your social media, that'd be awesome. Yeah, just, just Daniel K. Baldock uh, at Instagram. Um, and, and then from there, you can find everything else. Preach Media group.com yeah, yeah check that out all that's all that's linked off the off the instagram account awesome my man dan it's been a brilliant time and thank you for sharing that that's that was so powerful man it hit me because it's like wow i can relate man and i'm sure other people that's listening too can relate to that experience which you just said just everything being covered up and knowing that we can uncover we can unriver, we can overcome we can get through like you know it may not be at that time but it will so that's powerful what you just said, man. And um, guys, go ahead and follow my guy, man. He's doing some amazing work. If you're in Germany, Australia, um, wherever you may be, surrounding areas, you're in the United States, listen, man, connect with my guy. He's phenomenal, man. He's doing some phenomenal work in his communities. He's doing some phenomenal space, changing the content and visual space tremendously every day, getting back to the get back and to his to his fully self and it, you know, along with his lovely wife helping him build his businesses and build his company and build himself every day as well. So connect with this individual, man. Um, honestly, tell him thank you. But if something really stood out to you, like a certain point in this interview, feel free to reach out to him directly on Instagram. He gets back and he'll, you know, get back to you when he can, but tell him because you just, sometimes you just got to ask and sometimes you got to reach out and be vulnerable. Men, my men, especially, you know, so, um it's been a phenomenal time um honestly and i just want you guys to really really take time to continue to support continue to subscribe um and continue to support the mission man we're just we want to reach many more people it's not about just listening and and, and but implementing and, and sharing with a friend so they can listen and you guys can really change the trajectories of your life because like my guy dan so many people they take time and they want to they want to propose like they these people, but don't want to show the hurt. They don't want to show what they're actually going through. And there's nothing wrong with that, man, because we're living testimonies of it. And my guy, Dan, is a prime example of really what it takes to really build something great from nothing, from advertising to inspiring and building these tremendous, tremendous companies, successful companies and becoming a successful individual he is today. Guys, that's my time. That's Dan time. I'm Terrell Sumter. That's my guy, the man, Dan Bardock himself. Yes, yes. Coming from Hamburg. This is the Inspire Before We Expire, and we're out. Woo! Done.